Hi, and welcome to the Lost in Implementation podcast. I am Emma D'Souza, and I'm joined today with Tony from the Tony Shack. Welcome, Tony. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for doing this. It's um, it's exciting times, isn't it? Well, certainly with the big GFA anniversary, it's uh, exciting. And I think maybe perhaps beginning to feel a little bit like a marathon as we get closer to that date. Well, well, Emma, like you just said, welcome to Lost in Implementation. Before we start, I should sort of say, if you're a Tortoiseach regular, you will know Emma. You, Emma's probably appeared more often than anyone, particularly on our uh, Sunday shows. But um, Emma, if no one, if someone doesn't know you, because this this podcast we're about to do here will go out on the Lost in Implementation feed and the Echo Chamber to drive a little bit of, so you, so people get an idea of it. Tell people who you are and 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 why they should know you. Well, I don't know about should, but um, I, I I'd say should. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, no, I'm a I'm a writer, I'm a campaigner, I'm a peace builder. The reason why the Good Friday Agreement is so important to me is my entry into public spaces and into kind of politics, I suppose, uh, was because I took forward a high profile court case against the UK government in relation to the Good Friday Agreement and uh, endured five years in uh, that court challenge before for- forcing them to change the law just to get rid of me. Uh, and since then, I now write as a regular contributor for the Irish Times, Irish Examiner, Byline Times and several other publications and also do a lot of work around civic society and campaigning. Much of my work is to do with the unimplemented aspects of the Good Friday Agreement, because that was actually what I was impacted by, because my case with the government would never have happened had the agreement been implemented in full. Yeah, and and people might remember that case that took so long. Can I remind one one thing I want to point out? You weren't supported really on either side. You had to do this as a, as a private individual. I did, yeah. We had to take that forward as a private individual. I do remember sitting down once with the Irish government, who of course are co-guarantors of the Good Friday Agreement, and saying, listen, like, why did it take us as private citizens to, you know, highlight and uncover this significant failure of implementation? And why are we the ones that have to change it? Like, why do we have to be the ones to take that forward? It was frustrating. And I think, um, you know, that opens up a question around just how effective the co-guarantors of the agreement have been in the 25 years since. I think that's a fair comment. But so, so explain loss and implementation. What is the, what is the podcast about? What is it? What does it, what are, what are people going to hear about? Well, this year marked the 25th anniversary of the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. And there is much to celebrate and certainly a, a great effort to celebrate 25 years of largely a sustained peace. But I believe there can be this kind of uh, romantic notion around the agreement where, well, often with these big anniversaries, there's a lot of looking backwards, back to 1998 and patting each other on the back and going, oh, didn't we all do such a great job back then? Let's celebrate and be grateful. But in reality, you know, we have significant failures in implementation. The agreement has never been fully operational, never fully functioning. We have an assembly, an executive that's been down for 40% of its lifetime. I don't see how anyone can call that a success. And a lot of focus is put on my generation, the Good Friday generation, you know, focus that we should be so grateful for what we have. But in reality, my generation has grown up under the same division, the same segregation as our parents and grandparents. We have an education system that remains 93% segregated. We have segregation, social housing. We have the peace wall. Sectarianism is, is really still rife. And I think it's really important that at 25 years, an entire generation, that we have the difficult conversations of saying what has been implemented, what hasn't been implemented, and is this really the best we can do? Is this the limit of our ambition? Or can we actually try to do something to push this forward? Because the promise of 1998 
was never really delivered. No, and and that's in all communities, in in truth. And obviously, the loyalist community have have been quite fe- uh, felt felt disenfranchised and and have spoken publicly about this in the last little while. So I'm 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 assuming you're going to cover all communities and not just uh, from diff- one perspective. Of course, because I mean, a lot of the challenges that we face as a society they cut across all communities because they're socioeconomic challenges. A big failure has been a lack of being able to pull people out of poverty. The peace dividend that people were promised in 1998 has never been fully given. And lots of the communities that were most impacted by the troubles continue to be significantly marginalized and that has a big impact. And it also, I suppose, creates it creates a bit of disenfranchisement from politics and also from the agreement itself. Emma, just... Uh... The topics, because I've I've been privy to the, the planning of this, you're looking at aspects like the Bill of Rights and policing and these things. So, this is this. Is there any other themes that you want to cover? Well, we're covering a wide range of themes. So, a Bill of Rights is a big one, you know, because rights are for everyone, and certainly lots of things like the right to uh, housing, the right to live your life free from sectarian harassment. These are issues that are quite systemic. In Northern Ireland, but also looking at other areas of the agreements so of policing and justice, looking at civic engagement, which was a core component of the agreement as well, looking at issues around integrated education and also women's political participation. So it's quite broad because there are quite a few issues to look at. Well, I think you've kind of answered my last question, but I'm going to ask you again to, to talk about it. What's driving you to do this? I think that the key thing that's driving me to try and bring this conversation together is because it's not happening elsewhere. And I think there's a real need to have a serious conversation about where we are as a society and what might be able to be done to make things better. My concern would be that this anniversary is going to just be a talking shop uh, here in Northern Ireland and across the island, and that a lot of the focus is on politics and not necessarily on the people and civic society at large that really sustain and build peace. And this seems to be an ideal platform, an ideal vehicle to be able to have those more difficult conversations and to sort of assess what maybe some of the pathways and solutions might be for us to move things forward and to get more people to come along with us on that journey. Yeah, I do. I have actually, I know that someone said that recently in the Irish Times that they said, oh, you know, people are going, Joe Biden is coming, Bertie's back in, in things. So it is very much a celebration. So what you're trying to say is, you know, behind the, behind the, not to be a party pooper, but behind all of that, there are people who are left behind or people who are feeling that, 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 well, you know, it's the unfinished agreement in many senses. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, we have, all the boys are back in town. We've got Bertie, we've got Bill, we've got, uh, you know, all the men that were in the room in 1998 and a few of the women uh, all coming back to, to talk about what it took to reach agreement. But there does seem to be an aversion to having a more serious conversation over what wasn't delivered. And in reality, in 1998, my view is that there was a significant um, dropping of the ball after the referendum. There was no implementation strategy. There was no I, no plan on how they were actually going to get this stuff across the line. And I think that responsibility for a lot of these failures is on the shoulders of all those who were involved in both governments. Because all we we know that peace agreements most often falter when it comes to implementation. And the Good Friday Agreement, whilst it is cited as a world model, has faltered in the exact same way as so many others with a lack of implementation. And the fact that we didn't have an implementation committee set up, the fact that there wasn't monitoring, there wasn't timelines, it's meant that political drift 
has allowed for significant failures and I don't think they should all be allowed to go back out on stage and not be held accountable for some of those issues. I think that's a good way to leave this. Look, folks, the the first couple of interviews are already in the can, so the, this will be coming out thick and fast over the next few days and weeks. Uh, it, it, it's a limited series, Emma. We're, what, how many? Six episodes? It is. Limited series, six-part series. Yeah, well, look, it'll be on the Tortoise Shack feed and you'll be able to get it wherever you get your podcasts as soon as I get it up on, up on, up on the old interweb. Uh, thanks for joining us, Emma. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks and, and trusting the Tortoise Shack with your project because it is something that I do. You're right to point out that conversations aren't happening elsewhere. So, so I really appreciate that. No, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity in the space to be able to do it. Thank you. Not at all. Listen, folks, um, we'll keep click the link that's in this and, and you can subscribe. And, and, and I know you haven't probably heard the first episode, but click a, click a five star review anyway. It's going to be great. OK, just do it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.